0: Hello and welcome to another drive-in double feature i'm ryan i'm nathan and this is the podcast where we talk about two movies every week every tuesday and thursday but on this thursday we're going to be talking about 1985's remo williams the adventure begins directed by guy hamilton and this is our second fred ward movie probably his biggest starring role ever because they gave him his own blockbuster movie to end here.
1: Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, the adventure began and the adventure ended here as well. Um, Yes.
0: Unfortunately, there was no other Remo Williams movie because, uh, well, Remo Williams is actually part of a very famous book series. Well, I don't know about famous, but it's part about a book series called the Destroyer series that had been going on for a really long time and I wanted to ask you, Nathan, uh, how many books do you think are in this book series?
1: Um, let's, let's, uh, 13. Is there 13 of them? Um, am I overshooting so it?
0: <laughs> I, I actually, you're undershooting it.
1: Oh, okay. How, how many are there? Uh, would you believe me if I
0: told you that there is a hundred and fifty-two books in this series, Nathan? No,
1: I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking it up right now. What? There's a hun- who has time to read all these books? So
0: there's about a hundred and fifty-two of these books, and uh, by the time this book Holy series,
1: crap.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fibbing. Not no, I know. Fibs. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, so, by the time this movie came out, like I said, it was 1985. By the time this movie released, there had already been 40 books released
1: for this book series. Wow. wow. So, they were I, really banking on it being like, hey, we got an established character here, like James Bond, and we're going to make him the American version of that, kind of, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, it, these these books were very kind of pulpy type of books and under and kind of my understanding from what I've read because I haven't read the books but just reading reactions to the book series that kind of that the first like 12 books maybe were actually played very serious and kind of bland honestly from what I've heard but Mm -hmm. after that it's very very uh tongue-in-cheek type of stuff where there's a lot of parody type of stuff and doesn't take itself very seriously and which i kind of think you would have to do at a certain point because yeah it'd be really hard to just play these super straight for 152 books
1: yeah yeah 152 books and they're all serious you you you, would yeah i couldn't imagine i wonder how many plots they've like redone and rehashed in this i i can't imagine there being that much new to dig out of remo williams
0: I don't know, but you know, what they would do a lot of times from what I've read is that they would feature like a lot of real life scandals or like real or real life people and just change their name just a little bit to avoid any controversies. So I guess that's how they would get their material a lot in a lot of ways.
1: Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. That I guess that's easy. Draw from real life. Um, but uh, but kind of what you said though, I mean this is
0: directed by Guy Hamilton, which is pretty weird. Honestly, we didn't plan it that way. That both the films that we selected were both directed by Bond directors.
1: Yeah, it like just hit me while, we, while I was looking at the director for Remo Williams. I was like, oh, oh, okay, Guy Hamilton, interesting, who directed like what many consider to be the best, at least classic, Bond, Goldfinger.
0: Yeah, he directed a lot of them. I mean, he directed Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever, Live and Let Die, The Man with the Golden Gun. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, he, definitely has, he was definitely uh, well-known in the Bond community
1: yes for sure for sure and uh is he well known in the remo williams (laughs)
0: community well i mean either that maybe he's hated because it killed the series maybe i don't know yeah maybe
1: who knows um remo williams I i could definitely see the bond influences here but are they're definitely not as good as his bond movies i definitely don't think it carries over i mean i'll just say it right now i I wanted to like this movie. It's goofy. It's got like all the right 80s cheese, but something about it just didn't work for me. I kind of came out of it not really liking it.
0: I, f- I felt the same. I, because in the, be- okay, so my thoughts were um, so the movie, it kind of starts out like a Marvel movie, kind of, where yeah. in the beginning of the movie, he's kind of like this bumbling kind of police officer and he's like really out of shape but for whatever reason they they see, the secret organization sees a lot in him and they basically kill off his real life persona and give him plastic surgery and make him look like a completely different person and basically you're like, okay, you're going to be a new assassin for our organization <laughs> right now. Yeah. And he's just, and at first he's kind of unwilling but afterwards he's just like, okay, but uh, you know, you get kind of like the training montage. He kind of gets a hold of his powers and that kind of stuff I really liked. It was kind of like that cheesy 80s-ness. But by the second half of this movie, the action is really dry, I thought. It
1: really is. It gets really dry and really just boring. Like, they it, it could have gone so many places because he gets like an Asian, like, trainer. And I say Asian because they really play into that. And he like can like choke people's heart. Like he literally grabs his heart like in the air. But Remo Williams he, he never really learns to do anything like that. If he had got gained powers or something, that would have been really interesting. But they don't really take it that far.
0: Yeah, and it's he kind of just learns like this real secret Korean martial arts. Mm-hmm. And it, it it they can really do like these amazing feats where they can dodge bullets They're they're so fast they kind of dodge a bullet or like you said they can just grab somebody's arm and just render them unconscious so
1: yeah yeah
0: Uh, and there's you know there's little china training montages where he's kind of learning these skills where he's like learning how to balance so he's jumping on these household objects and just trying to
1: Mm -hmm.
0: keep his balance and that type of stuff was really fun and they it's definitely not played very serious in his uh his Korean uh, instructor is very kind of smarmy and really just like, like, you move like a pregnant yak.
1: And yeah.
0: Great line. <laughs> so it's, it's real stuff like that, which I was kind of hoping, I was like, okay, this is going to be pretty good. I mean, this is like mm-hmm. one of those is like classics that people just took too seriously. But like I said, the problem was is that once he actually got out in the field and they gave him an assignment, he really doesn't do anything that interesting in terms of action. It's just kind of like he does like the secret like reconnaissance and even the final climax. I'm like, that's it really? Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. They're really banking on it being like the beginning of an adventure. Like, you know, like it didn't end with anything huge or anything. It was just like, okay, we'll do more next time. I don't know. That, um, that,
0: that's kind of how it feels like it's, it feels like an origin movie where it's just yeah. him kind of like taking on this smaller bad guy and then maybe in the future and then the movie kind of ends like, all right, on to the next adventure type of thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, Um, and and there are moments that really shine though. Like I I do love that um, the head of the group that kidnaps um, Remo and changes his face and everything is played by Wilford Brimley, awesome already. And he just sits behind a computer the whole movie. I think that that idea is funny—that this big dude just sitting behind <laughs> the computer and he just is—he's re- taking in information. He's not even relaying it to Remo at all. He's just like listening to information. It's—it's it's very weird, <laughs> but it's definitely like computers will control the future. Eighties thinking for sure.
0: Yeah, it's—it's it's kind of like because like, I—I don't want. I really don't know the whole career path of Fulford Bremley, but that's kind of how it is. Like when you watch these movies from the eighties, a lot of times there'll be people like Cameron Mitchell or like uh, uh, Leo Tung, where it's like these like old out of shape guys that they're clearly trying to put them in these action roles, but they're just not meant to do that. And they're just (laughs) kind of sat at these desks throughout the whole movie, trying to look menacingly or like important. So
1: yeah. It, other than like small specs like that, I mean, there is one really cool action scene. I think it's a little slow, but I like the idea is the Statue of Liberty fighting scene. And I think they yeah, play I like on this one. Yeah, it's on the poster and everything because I think that is a cool scene because the Statue of Liberty is under construction at this point or uh, remodeling at this point. And it's like all fighting on the um, the construction equipment and stuff. It's really neat. It's a cool idea. It has a really cool sense of scale because Remo hates heights, so you're really high up. You see everything. Yeah, cool, cool scene.
0: Yeah, it was it was really good. The aesthetic's really cool. Um, he, uh, I thought at first he was just gonna like murder these guys because there's one scene where he clips like a noose to like a guy, and I thought he put it around his neck and then threw him off, but I guess it was just his, his leg palate. or whatever. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> caught him, and I thought he just <laughs> hanged this guy. Totally, just murdered him.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's the the beginning of the movie. They play it like you're an assassin. No questions asked. Go in there and shoot shoot somebody. um Which I think is they're playing with fire with that because the first guy wasn't he wasn't actually supposed to kill it. it was a test. What if he went in there and actually killed the guy? That would right. change, that would ruin everything. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, he had the dodge it bowling ability, so I guess they knew he yeah. wasn't going to die. But yeah. he does murder a couple of people, like n- yeah. non assassin. Like, though, there's one kill in here that he does, which that was pretty brutal. It's like this guy's wearing a, a gas mask. Mm-hmm. And you know how they have these like glass yeah. eye holes with a gas mask? He punches through the eye hole, and this guy's just face just <laughs> it becomes yeah. all bloodied.
1: That scene would be so cool, but like. There's nothing else like that in the whole movie. It's like no. really gory and bloody, and like this movie is not gory and bloody. I I don't know. Like it felt like something out of a different movie.
0: That's about the bloodiest scene in the in the movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, another scene. Uh, another thing that happens in that same scene is that to try to get out of the glass room that they're in, this one of the bad guy has a diamond tooth, so he punches the guy and he he rubs the guy's like diamond tooth like. And the guy's making all these goofy like smushed up faces against the glass while they're cutting the glass with the diamond yeah.
1: yeah and see it's times like that where i wish the whole movie really like did stuff like that it was just a silly movie throughout because at times it takes itself really seriously a bit too well, much it,
0: yeah well like the, the, whole, the rest of the movie is just played entirely straight where mm-hmm. it's just i mean compared to any other action movie at that time where it's just guy goes into facility and stuff starts exploding kind of and like even even like at the very end of the movie like even the bad guy he's totally bland
1: oh I, yeah i
0: could i couldn't tell you one personality trait about this guy
1: yeah i watched that movie this morning and i'm already forgetting about him I don't even remember his name, like or anything. Michael Grove. Michael, but, yeah, boring name. <laughs>
0: uh, I was just gonna say, in order to kill him, they're like, oh yeah, they ha- you have to make it look seamless. So he just drops a log on the guy, and then yeah.
1: Oh wow, yeah, <laughs> accident right there. Yeah, there you go. Um, there, there's this weird like subplot with uh Kate Mulgrew, which I thought was interesting to see from Star Trek Voyager, and um. She I really felt bad for her in this role because at once she teams up with Remo people just treat her like garbage there's like a lot of women jokes like a lot of like oh you're a woman or the asian guy like makes her quiet it's like oh it's peace and quiet kind of deal i, I don't know it was a Not, bit much well, to me
0: the first thing that he says to her is women should stay at home and make babies
1: yes yeah it's like holy crap and like I know it's part of the joke. It's not nobody making this movie probably believe that, but it just it kept happening. Same with a lot of like, because it is a white man playing this uh, Asian uh, character. Well, I, I was
0: gonna, but I, mean, I was gonna say this. That's a whole other conversation we have to have about this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, Kate Mulgrew gets treated like garbage, but is still still use, gets that romantic tension with Remo. Um, but-
0: which is, I like, one, I didn't think they had any romantic chemistry at all. They only really see each other in the movie anyway. They barely, yeah, they barely interact with each other. Because she's kind of, I guess she's kind of, like, too nosy for her own good, like, in the military. And she's trying to open up all these, find out all these military secrets. But she really doesn't play much of a role in this movie. I mean, once no. when, when she meets up with Remo, she just, they're like, just stay back and let the men handle this one or whatever
1: it, exactly yeah even though she's like supposed to be like a military woman like a tough military woman right? it's it just it, it's i don't know It definitely serves just so remo can have a female person there you know that that's all it is it's like okay we need to get him, we need to get him a woman let's just write that into the plot right um but yeah, yeah. i
0: think I so i think that's kind of what they were doing though i think it was kind of like they wanted to have like you said they wanted it to be kind of their answer to an american james bond but at the same time be like this mystical fantasy type of movie but they couldn't really make up their mind of what they wanted to make
1: yeah exactly i think i think it was just a mix I, i'm gonna guess there's probably just a lot of like meddling with from the director writer, studio it feels like a movie that would have a lot of issues it's such a big budget movie that probably doesn't need that big of a budget and i i get why it failed it, just watching it it's just it, it just does not seem like a hit at all
0: well and kind of like what you said about friday the 13th the final chapter by putting a subtitle in there implying that there's going to be more movies is almost doomed for failure. That's
1: always a death note. Almost always. I, I, I just like, I'm still waiting for Doug's second movie and we'll never get it. Uh, <laughs> but, Doug's
0: only movie. Yeah, Doug's first
1: it. and only. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's just like, I mean, cause all it is, it's like a cheap grab at like, Oh, if, if you don't see this one, then you're gonna not, not going to be ready for the sequel. Um, yeah but I mean I,
0: cause, I mean, have you ever I mean, I was trying to think of like other movies because I remember uh, going to see a Super Mario Brothers movie in theaters <laughs> yeah. when I was younger, and they implied there was going to be a sequel.
1: Yeah, the, it, it ends with, like, uh, it's not even in after credits, right? It literally ends with a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger. She, yeah.
0: the, one of the characters shows up in body armor with a big gun, and she's like, I need your help, and then that's how the movie ends.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, um, that, I can't think of a lot of examples. I'd love to get a list of movies like that, but there's definitely a lot of movies that end with after credits or stuff like that that just never get a sequel. It just leaves stuff hanging
0: so it really kind of there's definitely not that final feeling and i guess they were just like oh well of course this is going to be successful this is based off of a famous book series or whatever
1: yeah i i don't know just weird (laughs) weird planning all around and i it is a bad idea to it's the 80s we really really even then don't cast a white man in an asian role i i mean i know short circuit came out that decade and was a huge hit but like there's plenty of Asian actors, even in the 80s. Like, this seems something that would happen in old Hollywood. It's just kind of sad to see, especially because it is um, it is very uh, much a caricature at times.
0: Yeah, well, we yeah. should mention that the guy playing the Korean man is Academy Award-winning actor Joel Grey.
1: Yes, yeah, who is still, like, working in Hollywood. I think he did a voice on, like, Phineas and verb i want to say um yeah i mean he still has a long career and he's very lucky that everybody forgot about this movie otherwise he probably have more questions to answer
0: well it's funny because i remember i the, the parts i read about with him like being in this movie is that Apparently the director really wanted him in this role, and even he said like, "Why? I'm not even Asian. Like, why would you? Why would you even want me really? in this role?" <laughs> and he's like, "Believe me, we'll uh, the makeup effects are going to look great." Which I will say, the makeup does look really, really good.
1: It 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 does look good. I will say that it, they did a good job because it made me question, and I had to look it up. You know, it wasn't an instant like, oh my god. You know, I had to. Look it, it up. This
0: wasn't like Mickey Rooney or whatever in Breakfast at Tiffany's, where it's just super <laughs> obvious and very, very offensive.
1: But yes, yeah, but it's still definitely it. It has its moments because it, there's like a, a joke about like, oh, they live in the jungle because he shows up like in a jungle at some point. You know, just a little offhanded, like light, light racism in it. Um, well. Well, they,
0: they make it very clear that his character in the movie is racist and sexist because he even yeah. says he even says like, "Oh, what is this?" Uh, Fred uh, Rima Williams is like, "What is this kung fu?" He's like, "Kung fu Chinese Koreans are perfect."
1: <laughs> yes. and
0: I just keep saying stuff like that, and even uh, Fred Ward, like when he's starting to learn the uh, the style a lot more. He goes. He was perfect, bes- despite him not being born Korean. Another funny scene was, I, I did like the little relationship dynamic though between him and Fred Ward. It was, yeah, it was funny. Um, there's like they go to a carnival where he's trying to get over his fear of fights by standing on a Ferris wheel, and then they play a carnival game where you have to throw the little rings onto a bottleneck, and mm. Of course, he does it perfectly, and he gets to take home this giant stuffed pink panther, mm-hmm. and they're carrying it home together. And he's and uh, Joel Gray's character is like, remember, I want it. He's mine.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, I I actually I'm, like it, it's it's true. I like their dynamic. They're kind of like a cute odd couple in a way. They like bicker with each other because they live in an apartment together. And, I mean, they're buying groceries for each other. And at one point, Fred Ward brings in a soda, and he's like, oh, it'd be healthier to get an aluminum can. Why do you eat this garbage? You know, Americans, all they eat is fast food. It's like light comedy. They kind of work well together, surprisingly.
0: Yeah, and he really loves soap operas, and that's kind mm-hmm. of like his big quirk. So, yeah. uh, But, you know, it's like I said, if it was more stuff like that throughout the movie um i would have liked it a lot more but overall i i can't really give it that high of a recommendation and i don't even i it's not really worth it to be honest i mean i might i was kind of halfway interested in checking out the books but i don't know if i will or not
1: yeah um and it's definitely like would be interesting to check out the books just to see how it does compare i mean there's so many you'd probably have to look up a list of like the best of the bunch um but yeah i mean as far as this this movie goes i wouldn't really recommend it because it is it is about it is over two hours long and just very boring and like the actual good parts are so spaced out that i just it's not coherently good enough to be something i could say go check it out
0: absolutely but yeah i think about does it is that it for you
1: yeah, oh, yeah, that's everything uh, I have for this movie.
0: We wanna thank you for taking us on this on our Fred Ward week. Um, rest in peace, Fred Ward. We're real sorry to lose you.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I mean just from watching these two movies, charming guy, really charming yeah. guy. He was a great lead, and it's kind of sad that Rima Williams is like his big break, but he went to go on to do great character work.
0: Yeah, and like I said, uh, Tremors is actually like a really good horror movie. And I think a lot of people actually remember him from that one the most. So Mm -hmm. I would say if you want to check out Fred Ward at his best, maybe check out Tremors.
1: Yeah, for sure. Tremors is a great movie. I'd love to cover part of that series on here. Yeah. I don't doubt we won't. We'll be talking (laughs) about him again. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: Uh, But that about wraps it up. So Nathan, what are we going to be talking about?
1: All right. And uh, so... Next week on Tuesday, we unfortunately had another actor who passed away really recently, and another legendary actor, and that's Fraleyota. So I wanted to pick from some of his movies, and I thought one perfect for the show is the movie Turbulence from 1997, and
0: that one is on Amazon Prime. But hey, we also wanted to let you know in case you didn't check it out is that we have a Patreon Drive in Double Feature podcast, and hey. We said we didn't have any content on there. We're going to be starting putting content on there. Just a couple little weekly tidbits on there. If you think, hey, 40 minutes to an hour is not enough of Nathan and Ryan talking every week, I want to hear them more. Well, you're in luck. we are going to hear us talking a little bit more on Patreon. And that's the kind of content we're going to be providing for you now. Um, So if you want to go over there, just check us out over on Patreon. But also... Don't forget to email us at podcast at gmail.com if you have any thoughts, opinions, requests. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at DIDFpod as well.
1: But until next time. Until next time.